time for another episode of What's New at the Zoo with Jim Bartu. <laughs> I'm Devin O'Day. I'm Jim Bartu. <laughs> Jim, I'm so excited about this episode. We've got animals, and we're here in, we're, we're like going to Peru without a passport. Doesn't it feel like we're in a Peruvian lodge? It does. That's it right. Does. It was, and that's all purposeful. That's what you'll see when you come into the indoor viewing area of our Andean Bear exhibit. Right. And it's an award-winning exhibit. It is. It won Exhibit of the Year in 2019, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, uh, the following year, our Tiger Exhibit won Exhibit of the Year. The first time uh, a zoo had done that back-to-back -back awards uh, in like 20 years, and there's only like two other zoos that did that before. So we're pretty proud of that. I'm proud of it too, and I'm proud of all the conservation efforts here at our zoo. And I love that we do this show right in the middle of the zoo day, so when kids come through, I just love you're, it because these kids are filled with wonder. Oh yeah, yeah, they can't help themselves. And you're going to hear that kind of as we talk. You'll hear people talking about seeing the bears or seeing whatever it is that they're looking at. That's kind of the idea is to kind of bring the excitement right here to where it's all at. Let's talk about the excitement of the Komodo dragon. Now that, the dragons are here, the dragons are here, we've heard that, and these are literally like our modern day dinosaurs. Uh, they are, yes. We have a giant um, Komodo dragon, a male called Little Sebastian, that's on exhibit. He is about nine feet long, um, huge animal. It's the largest uh, lizard on the planet. Not Little Sebastian, but Komodo dragons in general are the largest lizards on the planet. We just opened up a brand new exhibit about three weeks ago, um, and people can come up and see him outside in that exhibit until weather starts to get to about 65 degrees, and then he'll move to the indoor enclosure. And I learned something on our last episode that don't wear white tennis shoes around your Komodo dragon. <laughs> well, um, Komodo dragons are, are really fascinating animals because they really, really are fairly placid and calm. They're, they're, they're not a problem to be around until they switch to feeding mode. And what switches them to feeding mode is when they think that there's uh, something in front of them to eat, like a rat, like a giant white, white rat. rat. And what might look like a giant white rat? White feet. White tennis shoes, that's yes. right. So you've got to be careful around him for that. Certainly don't go in with him. Let's start with that. Just stay in the public area where you can watch him. Don't, don't even go in. into the exhibit because that would be bad news for everybody. The Hispanic Heritage Festival mm -hmm. is going to be like going to Epcot Center, only you don't have to drive out of town. It's going to be right here. <laughs> nor, yeah, nor do you have to pay an enormous ticket price to get to Epcot, right? That's you can right. Come to the zoo on that day. It's included with regular zoo admission. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be a festival, a Hispanic Heritage Festival. We're going to have dancing and music and food and um, different types of tours and, of course, animals that represent um, uh, the Spanish area. So mm -hmm. uh, that'll be out there as well. And really just kind of a day... Um, uh, to celebrate uh, Hispanic heritage. Well, it's huge here and located on Nolansville Road as you are here at the Nashville Zoo. Just down south of here, we've got Plaza Mariachi, which is incredible if you don't know about that place. If you're coming to Nashville, there's some international experiences that you can have, especially this weekend, and it's a great way to see the zoo. There's going to be so much color. That's right, yeah, and it's place. September 30th. I don't think we mentioned the date, but it is oh. September 30th. Yeah, so please, yeah, mark your calendars. It's going to be a great day. 
Let's move on to October. I know that I will say that the Josie Awards, the biggest independent music awards, are coming to town, and they're going to be celebrating the Josie Music Festival here at the Nashville Zoo. Then we've got booze at the zoo and boo at the zoo. Not the same thing. No, yeah, we're, 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 we're giving adults an opportunity to dress up in costume as well, and that's called booze at the zoo, and it's basically <laughs> taking place right before boo at the zoo opens up, which is more of a family... Um, Halloween celebration that you can take mm -hmm. part in, um, but booze at the zoo is after hours, again, an adults-only event. Um, tickets for that are now on sale, so you can go to the zoo's website and pick that up. That's going to be October 12th? Did yes. I get that right? You October did. 12th. Yes. Oh, wow, so many dates. October 12th, and then starting um, October 13th, uh, running all the way through the 29th is Boo at the Zoo, and that'll run every single night from 5 to 9 p.m. The zoo closes at 4 o'clock, so the zoo closes, we chase everybody out, and then we reopen at 5 o'clock for Boo at the Zoo. Boo at the Zoo is so much fun. I have been part of Boo at the Zoo many, many times when I was with Mix 92.9. So I got to come out, I dressed up like a witch, and I gave out candy and stuff. It was so much fun. And the little kids come dressed in the cutest outfits, like the little peapods, my favorite. We have whole families that will dress up uh -huh. in themed outfits, like the Wizard of Oz or uh, the Incredibles superheroes. That's a movie that's real mm -hmm. popular. Things like that. The whole family will get into it and kind of walk around the zoo and really have fun. And it's not just trick-or-treating there's also a monster mash dance area um, there's a maze that you can walk through there's pumpkin painting there's lots of entertainment that's happening and taking place and there's a magical pumpkin called Gordon the magical talking pumpkin um, and he will have a conversation with your kids he can see what your kids are wearing and talk to you and it's a giant talking pumpkin that, that <laughs> kids will have a blast just having a conversation with. Before we go to break, I want to talk a minute about why our zoo is so much different than so many zoos in the country. What you guys do is the conservation efforts. It's so huge what you do. And that comes first before anything. That's right. A lot of conservation. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with um, the, uh, the Keeper Keeley that's going, that we're going to introduce in the next segment mm -hmm. about um, Indian bear conservation, because that's one of the things when we build new exhibits, one of the things that we want to commit to is conservation for that species, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is now a, kind of our moniker, kind of what we're doing every single mm -hmm. time we build and open something, we have a commitment towards conservation for that particular species. We did that with Komodo, we did it with Andean bear, we did it with Sumatran tiger, so um, we, are, uh, we are committed to conservation both globally and right here at home and some of it is some of it is hands-on conservation we do head start programs with alligator snapping turtles and hellbenders and nashville crayfish and yeah. um, streamside salamanders that all live and are endangered right in our own backyard like even i think i if i'm not mistaken didn't you guys go to like mill creek or one of the creeks around here to show that these little creatures to keep them alive, we have to protect the cleanliness of our creeks. That's right. Yeah, the Nashville crayfish is uh, endemic only to the Mill Creek watershed, and mm. that actually flows right through our property. So we work with um, Tennessee environmental um, departments, uh, TWRA and TDEC and people like that, um, to help preserve these animals, identify mm. who they are, help to preserve them, help to do the research they need to be able to identify whether... Uh, the processes that we're putting in place to protect them are helping or not helping in that entire process. So we're with them every step of the way as we work through these conservation programs.
Get your family membership right now and you can be part of conservation efforts worldwide. Just be becoming a member of the Nashville Zoo. Be right back. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800 room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Having fun? Yeah, I'm going to key up my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kika. Good night. We're here whether you're ready or not. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Welcome back, everybody. We are in Peru. We are. We're in the, a Peruvian lodge over here at the Nashville Zoo in our, um, our Andean bear uh, exhibit. This is part of a larger area called Expedition Peru. Trip of the Indian Bear? Expedition. That's something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. We're here with Keely Farrar, and she, you're, you're part of this exhibit. This is what you take care of. You were with bears all morning. All morning, yes, yes. Let's talk a little bit about this amazing bear. We're in the bear exhibit, the bear lodge. Yes. yes. It is a lodge, yes. Mm -hmm. We're very lucky. We have two Andean bears. We have a male, Pinocchio, who is actually very new to our family, so we're very excited to have him here. He is slowly making his debut onto exhibit, so you never know if you come here you might get lucky and see him um, most of the time you'll see our girl Luca she's very sweet she's very stubborn she has a very strong personality but she's a very sweet bear at heart um, right now she's just taking a nice little nap and that's where you can usually find Luca it's just kind of napping above her pool especially when it's so hot outside that's her favorite way to stay kind of nice and cool let's talk a little bit about Pinocchio now we used to have another male bear here named Maniri yes um, and he left recently he did leave recently and he and, and what was our reasoning for, for having him go find um, another female? 
Yeah, so we, again, we're lucky here to be a part of species survival plans. So we have people that kind of look at the genetics of all of the Andean bears and kind of decide who will be the best pairings. We had Muniri here with Luca for the past several years with no reproductive success. They were great together. Luca liked them. Um, they were a great pair, but they just had no babies. And so obviously our main goal here is conservation. Um, and so Pinocchio kind of came about and he has successfully had several cubs in the past. And so we're very excited to kind of introduce him to Luca here and hopefully have some of our own cubs and kind of aid in that Andean bear conservation and add to population numbers. We just introduced him like to the exhibit like two days ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And how's he doing with the exhibit? You know, this is a very large exhibit. It's half an acre of natural habitat. It's beautiful. It's great. Very intimidating to a bear that's never seen it before. Right. So you know, he's just taking his time. So we're gonna do a little bit every, you know, every once, every couple days, kind of get yep. him used to it, let him work at his own speed. Um, he apparently is a very big swimmer, so we know that he's gonna love it here. We have several amazing pools, so I imagine he's gonna be spending a lot of his time going for nice little swims. But you know, we're just gonna take it nice, nice and slow for him. See, see how he likes. What do they eat? So these guys, they're actually the most herbivorous of bear species, so about 95% of their diet is going to be fruits, vegetations, and here we kind of joke that we have something that's like a bear cereal, so it's a ton of different kinds of little, little um, grain type foods that have all these nutrients for these guys, and then they also get fish a couple days a week for that protein. What is the biggest predator for the Andean bears? So these guys actually do tend to be one of the larger um, animals in their habitats, I will say humans really are the main predator for these guys. Um, they, there's been a lot of human encroachment on their natural habitats, which really affects their local uh, food resources. Um, so humans are by far the biggest issue for these guys. You know, in the world of, now here's something that it's kind of a dark side of it, but in the wild, poaching is a big deal and bear gall has been part of things. Are they endangered because of people going and harvesting parts of the bear? Yeah, so poaching is always definitely a big concern. People are always interested in their pelts, any, um, you know, any body part, honestly. Um, but it's mainly just that encroachment on their land is just their biggest, biggest um, hitter. And, and I had mentioned earlier that National Zoo um, participates in conservation work mm -hmm. all around the world. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, what National Zoo is doing for Andean bears uh, at this point in conservation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we are partnered with the Andean Bear Conservation Alliance, which is a really awesome organization that focuses on kind of helping to educate those local communities, both on conservation and then also on how to have sustainable economic opportunities that don't actually directly impact the bears. Um, in addition to conducting a bunch of research on their life cycles, their reproductive cycles, their population sizes, because there really isn't that much known about Andean bears, so any information that we can learn just kind of helps us to kind of further figure out how we can best help them. Right. If we're going to protect them, we need to know more about them. What's right. their range? What do they eat? Mm -hmm. uh, do they mate? multiple times a year? How many cubs do they have? How like, many are there? Right. How yeah, many, are how many there? actually are yeah. there out in the Who wild? Who counts right. the bears? Right. I mean, honestly, how do you keep count? It's like, you look just like that last one. I mean, I mean, it was very easy to lose count. How do you count bears? Yeah, so these guys, they do have, like, they can um, put trackers on them, and they also have these really they beautiful, tag them. yeah, they tag yeah. them, essentially, and then they also just have these really beautiful markings on their face, which give them the name Spectacle Bear as well, um, and so that's also a really great way to help um, researchers identify them, because right. each one is like a unique thumbprint. If there's anything I'd want guests to know about Andean bears is that 
they are a vulnerable species, so that means that their numbers are declining. Mm. Um, and so there's little things we can do in our day-to-day -day life to kind of help aid in the conservation of these guys. But the most important one, I say, is the easiest, is to come to the zoo. And by supporting us, you are supporting the bears directly and every other animal that lives here. Um, and the more you know about them, the more you kind of spread that knowledge. That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the hope is that at, at the zoo, really in any zoo, is to inspire you to want to know more, right? You come right. and you see these animals in person and you're just drawn to them. You're taken aback by them. So you go home and you Google them and you're like, Andy and bears, what are these all about? And then you start to learn. It sounds like they're in trouble, right? The, the rainforest right. is this pair or the, the mountain range that they're living in is disappearing because people are clear-cutting it or they're farming or whatever it is. It's almost always some kind of human interaction that causes the, the, the decline. Well, this is a time when people are going to be watching this show and they're going to think, they're, they get inspired. They start thinking, you know what, I might want to become a zookeeper. Little kids watch and this is where we influence. Your daughter became a zookeeper. My daughter, sorts. she actually works here, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. she is. When did you decide to start working at the zoo and taking care of animals? It was when I was very, very little, growing up, going to my local zoo, getting to interact with those animals. So definitely coming and seeing these guys up close. <laughs> it's just incredible. So you have a kid that just might get the spark to start their life's passion. And that starts with a family membership at the Nashville Zoo, nashvillezoo.org. And I couldn't, I, I, if you homeschool your kids, even if you don't, bring them here as part of their educational enrichment. The Nashville Zoo is a treasure, and we're glad to talk about all the new things that are coming up and the things that have been here for years. Thank you so much, Keely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, next <sighs> up, we've got a special guest for you, and I know you're going to be excited because it is an animal that you love deep in your bones. Deep in my bones. Louisiana girl, I grew up with snakes and alligators, and neither one of them did I need to go back and get. But we brought one. You brought one that stretches out the length of this table, so right. stay tuned for and the... And hint, it's not an alligator. It's not an alligator. I would probably be more comfortable with the gator, i got to tell you. <laughs> I got it. I, much more comfortable with the gator. Stay tuned. That's coming up. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill's Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back Neck Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kika. Good night.
of Murfreesboro, we're here whether you're ready or not. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? But no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. listener question and the number one question this week was can you get Devin with a snake <laughs> we thank you I appreciate all we of you out there thank you you know I'm scared to death of snakes we aim to please of course we have are you do we call you a herpetologist I am an ambassador animal keeper so my friend Enrique here actually does shows programs and travels across middle Tennessee to educate about snakes so he's a celebrity snake. This is Jessica Knox, who is our ambassador with the, the, the snake. And oh my gosh, y'all don't even know what it's taking me to do this, but <laughs> okay. He's not slimy, is he? No, he's not slimy and he's not hot. He's the, probably the only creature that's out here that's not hot right now. Everybody's... Cool to the touch. Oh yeah. 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 Well, actually it's not bad. I've got one pair of shoes that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why would you even bring that up? Why would I, would I? Well, tell me. You didn't hear that, it's fine. Now, what's this snake's name? This is Enrique, and Enrique is a red-tailed boa constrictor, which is found in the central region of South America, so countries like Costa Rica, Brazil, and that sort of region. So, um, do they, and they just kind of grow out in the wild? They do. So he gets the name red tail boa because you'll notice that his tail is red while the rest of his body is brown, so this helps him camouflage in the wild. Well, why would that help him camouflage that he could have a red tail? Wouldn't that make him easier to see? Um, there's a lot of brightly colored flowers and plants in the rainforest, so this oh. actually would just kind of help him blend in with the flora. But since he isn't the biggest snake around, I do work with the snake, he's even bigger. Um, but. He does have to worry about larger predators as well. Okay. So what he would do is if a larger predator like a jungle cat were to see him as a nice tasty snack, what he could do is he could wiggle this red tail over here underneath the shrubbery. It would catch the predator's eye and they would look at the bright red tail and then he would be able to slither off in the other direction and the predator wouldn't know where he went. Oh, wow. Okay, so non-poisonous snakes can still bite. They can, yes. So he is a constrictor, which means in order to kill his prey, he'll squeeze it um, to kill it rather than injecting venom like a venomous snake would. Okay, so he could still squeeze you even if he's not going to eat you. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm still kind of worried about this. Just, he, just on the top. Chances are, chances are you're not going to see an animal like this mm -hmm. in the rainforest. Uh -huh. And um, if you do, it's likely that this, this animal is going to see you before you see it, and it's going to do its best to avoid you. So, oh, yeah. this is not an animal that stalks people. People are way too big for this yes. animal. Okay. This animal is um, in the rainforest to act as a purpose of keeping. Um, other small animal populations at bay, right? This is yes. part of the food chain is to be Their able population to... population control. That's I'm right. I'm so glad exactly. you said that because really 
we're in much more danger from vermin that they eat yeah. than from them. Exactly. Right? Yes. There's a lot of disease that they can carry around, um, and it just basically puts the environment off balance when that mm -hmm. happens. Okay, here's the question. Do they make good pets? Because well, boa constrictors are in pet stores. You can they find are. them. So they could be the right pet for certain people. So anytime somebody is interested in getting a pet, we always like to suggest them doing research because every single pet has very specialized needs and you need to make sure that you can actually meet those needs for you and your family. Uh, so for some people, they may be able to handle it. Uh, some people can't. Um, they have to have certain heat requirements in their enclosure. They have to not have it nice and humid. And you do have to handle rodents in order to feed them. So you have to be able live to... Live or frozen? Uh, here at the zoo, we do uh, frozen and then thawed, so we don't feed live. But there are some individuals oh, that will only do that if it is live. Um, talk to me a little bit about their status in the wild. What are they? Are they common? Are they not threatened? Are they near threatened? Talk so a bit this about species that. would be considered near threatened or threatened at this time. Okay. Uh, they're dealing with habitat destruction, so they are found in the rainforest, and unfortunately, a lot of the rainforest is being cut down for a couple of different reasons: for the paper industry, for farmland, and a big thing that's actually affecting them right now is actually the palm oil industry. Palm oil is okay. uh, found in a lot of food, soaps, cosmetics, yeah. um, and so an easy way you can help us save a lot of rainforest animals is just being conscious of what products you're buying and if they right. contain that palm oil or not. I, and it affects so many animals. I know the orangutan is, is, is definitely threatened by that, and every animal has a purpose. I don't know about fleas and mosquitoes yet, but every animal has its purpose in the ecosystem, and that's what you learn at the Nashville Zoo. And you know that it's a fairly tame animal and docile if you can use them as an ambassador animal, yes. right? Mm -hmm. He was born and hand-raised here at the zoo, so he's been here his whole seven years of life, and so he is used to being in front of the large crowds. Well, does he take pictures with other people? Um, he does. He has in the past. So sometimes for events, we'll have him wrapped around our waist so we can walk around with him. So it kind of looks like I have a really crazy weird belt on. Um, he'll just kind of hold on and people can kind of stand next to him and get those photos. Are you being shy? Is your plan to have him at Sunset Safari? Uh, he may be one of the animals that you'll see there. You'll just have to come and check it out. So, but you don't let other people hold him necessarily because that would be a little too scary. Well, the fun thing about snakes um, and reptiles is they actually can tell when you're nervous or not. So anytime oh. I'm holding <laughs> a snake, um, they can tell if I'm stressed or nervous or tense. They actually can feel my pulse and they can feel my heart rate when I'm holding them. And so if I get nervous and tense up, then he's actually going to respond and tense up himself. That's why he um, came over. He kind of like looked at me. Right. And then he went, no, I'm going yeah. back to yeah. gym. I'm out. Yeah, so... Um, oh, okay, see, it made sense. we got to make sure that we're nice and calm and comfortable, and that in turn will help keep them comfortable as well. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, he is actually beautiful, and I'm facing my fears. You're I'm doing facing great. My fears. He actually, I'm surprised. They feel really neat. Mm -hmm. They feel really neat. I, I can understand. I don't want one as a pet. I don't want That's one. Okay. That's okay. But 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 I would like to. I, I I now can go through without taking drugs to the herpetology <laughs> exhibit here at the zoo. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> What's really cool about them too is if you if you get to the point where you're you feel comfortable kind of holding them and handling them is feeling how their muscles help them move mm -hmm. across uh, different areas. So it's he's kind not, of a ripple. He's not moving right now. But sometimes when you can pick them up, you can kind of feel them 
move their oh, way through your hands. They're very strong. I'm feeling him right now. Yeah. yeah. He's got a, there's definitely a movement there. And when his tongue comes out, is he smelling you, tasting you? Or, I mean, I, I, He's kind of doing both. So the cool thing about reptiles is they don't smell like you and I do. So whenever we breathe in through our nose, we're actually breathing in scent particles. And we have an organ in our nose which reads those scent particles to tell our brain if those are good smells or bad smells. They have a similar organ, but it's not in their nose. It's actually in the roof of their mouth. So what they're doing is they're actually catching those scent particles on their tongue, they're bringing it up to that organ in their mouth, and then their brain can tell them where the smell's coming from. That's also why their tongue is forked. So wherever the scent lands, scent particles land on their tongue, if it's on the right side of the tongue, it's to the right. If it's on the left, it's to the left. If it's dead center, it's going to be straight ahead. So with us, if we smell like popcorn, Mm -hmm. We have to turn around in circles to figure out where that smell of popcorn is coming from. They just have to stick out their tongue. So this forked tongue is not to be scary. There actually is a purpose behind it. And so they just catch the scent particles in a unique way. This is fascinating. Well, all this and more can be found at the Nashville Zoo. NashvilleZoo.org gets you a family membership because it is the best money you'll spend. Or you can register at any of our Main Street portals and you can register to win a family membership for your family. NashvilleZoo.org. Coolest place ever. Thank you. You're very welcome. Jim, you have the best guests. I, I always have the best guests. You do. I'm telling you, this is awesome. Well, you guys, stay tuned for our next episode. You never know what we're going to show you at What's New at the Zoo with Jim Bartu. Till next time.